0: So there's a difference between need and want, isn't there? Yes. So um, last week you guys had tea and coffee in the middle of the service, yeah. but I heard you were so badly behaved. <laughs> That's what Rob said. It was so hard to get you back. That are you are you good to go for the second message, and then we'll do tea and coffee, yeah. or should or do you really need tea and coffee because it's quarter past ten, huh? Should we do the second message quick? Yes. Why don't you stand High-five the person 360 around you. Do a brain break. I think that's what teachers call it. Okay. So our second question. There's two more questions that'll be done next week, so don't miss out. And uh, as Prince said, if you did miss out, our sermons are always on Spotify, so if you just search Reconciliation Road Church, Uh, Murray and Rob were outstanding last week. Um, I thought Rob's one on, uh, one saved, always saved. It was just incredible, and Murray's one loved the way he did that as well. Listen to them yesterday. So my question uh, that uh, you guys asked is what is God's beautiful design for men and women? What is God's beautiful design for men and women? And so I want to start by just saying, uh, making a statement, God is creative, am I right? He's a creative. Unlike creative people, I'm married to one, uh, there, there are many people in the world who are creative, and although we call them creative, they are merely rearranging the stuff that god actually made because when someone is creative they're not actually making something they're just rearranging what god made because this is the type of stuff god makes and it just can't compare to a uh, next slide please it can't compare to to what we make god can make stuff that we just can't even dream of making and so because god is creative we live in and we experience a world filled of color Textures, patterns, complexity. We live in a world of intricate detail and design. We live in a world with animals and plants that have all got different forms and function. We see majestic mountains and oceans and sun and moon and stars. All of this is because God is creative. And we also see the intricacy of His design of the human body and the complexity of human life. And when it comes to human relationships... Before anything was ruined by sin, God made a specific design. The Bible shows us that there was a beautiful design in the way that God made men and women. And He he made them different from each other. He made them distinct from each other. Not just in their bodies, we can see the physical distinction but he also designed them in a way that they would work together. God designed men and women to relate to each other. He gave them roles, and he made them equal as co-image bearers of him. And so God, who is unimaginably creative, he is good, and he declared that after he had made humankind, male and female, In Genesis 1.31, it says that God, after making male and female, he said, this is very good. It was the only very good that he declared. Satan, however, hates God. He hates what God has made, and he hates you, Bazalwan, if you know what that means, brothers and sisters. He hates you. And so he has been deceiving people like you and me from the very start, and he tries to distort the things God said and God made, and he tries to undermine the beautiful design of God and discourage us from following the ways of God. That's what Satan's been doing since the start. And as you know, if you've been around me any length of time, I always say, Satan doesn't have any new tricks because the old ones are still working. And so if you remember Adam and Eve and the story of Adam and Eve, God said that eating this fruit was not good. And what did Satan say? No, it's good. You should eat that fruit. Can you see he's always doing the opposite? He's always undermining God. So what is God's beautiful design in creation? Um, So what was God's beautiful design in creation before sin entered our experience? What was His design for men and women before sin entered our experience. Well, if you want to read that, you need to read uh, creation's account in Genesis 1 and 2. But what we read, if you look for it, is God kept on creating two things that are complementary. They go together. They fit with each other. So he created the land and the sea and the earth and the sky and the sun and the moon. And he filled creatures into the world, ecosystems that worked together. And God kept on exclaiming, "This is good, this is good, this is good," just like an artist leaning back looking at their painting, saying, "Hmm, this is good!" what I'm making, arranging God's matter. But by Genesis 2:4, there was this amazing world teeming with life and complexity, but there was a problem. There was no one who could work the ground, it says. And so God supernaturally in Genesis 2-7 creates human beings. He creates Adam and he breathes life into him. But at this point, there was another problem. You see, there was still something that was out of sync with God. Because although God is one, God is Father, Son, and Spirit. God is a God of relationship. God is a God of complementarity. And just with Adam, there was something wrong. Adam by himself couldn't represent the image of God in the world. And so God declares the very first not good in your Bible. And this was what it was about. God says this. And this is not about marriage, okay? Today. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Say fit for him. him. You see, Adam, because he was alone, remember we had the the earth and the sea, and we had the, the, the earth and the sky, and we had the sun and the moon. we got all these complementary pairs, but because you've just got Adam, it was not yet good. He was not fully in the image of God. And so you can read in Genesis two nineteen to 20, what God did. God brings all the Adam animals that he had made before Adam, and he's looking amongst all these animals for a helper that is fit for him. Just put up Genesis two nineteen to 20. It's the, it's the one before that. So for Adam, he, God brought all the creation before him, but there wasn't a helper fit for him. The Hebrew translated fit for him in the ESV, in the NIV your Bible will say suitable for him is a very strange Hebrew word called kenedgo, which means like, opposite. There wasn't a helper who is like him, but opposite him. And I've used this before. Won't you just hold this for me? I've used this before. These cables, I don't know enough about sound, but I know this, that if I want sound to go from this cable through this rope, is it going to work? Because they are not alike. This is sound cable, this is rope. And so there we have a problem. We have like, but we don't have, we, we don't have like. And so that won't work. But if we have got, and these are two uh, females connectors here. If you've got sound cable and sound cable, you've got like and like. But you've got female and female or male and male, it doesn't work. But if you have like and like, but opposite, ta-da, you get sound. <laughs> Thank you, Prince. And so God needed to create someone who was like Adam, but opposite to Adam, so that they could fit together. Another species wasn't like Adam, and another Adam wouldn't have been opposite. Make sense? We got it? So this is what the creator did. I'll paraphrase again. Verse 21, God caused a deep sleep to go on Adam and God takes one of his ribs out and makes woman, makes someone who's like him but different to him. Look at what Adam says when he sees him. He's like, Gah! I could just imagine him fizzing and saying, at last, this is bone of my bone. He's saying, this is like, this is like me. She's different. I think Adam noticed. (laughs) She didn't have clothes on. She's like me, but she's different. And he's just going, hallelujah. This is like the classic movie plot line. There wasn't anyone like opposite to Adam to help him to fulfill God's mission in his life. But God had a beautiful plan to create someone who was going to be like opposite him. Someone who'd be like him, equal to him but different to him, and together they would be better than Adam on his own, and Genesis 1.27 goes back to the creation account, and it says, so God created man, and the word there is actually humankind or mankind, God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, both mankind, both humankind-like, but opposite, He created them. Now, we often use these passages to talk about marriage, but that's not our purpose today. But what is true of marriage in specific is also true of all of us in general. You see, God created us to be like each other, but opposite to each other. Human beings were created by the design of God to be equal, but different, distinct. They were meant to be a complementary pair, not just a married couple but that we're meant to be different so that we fit together and it's better than us just being on our own. Where the differences between men and women improve or emphasize each other's qualities, like a good team. And so there is a mutual fit, there's a mutual enhancement, there is a beautiful difference in the way that God has made men and women different. And at the heart of what God has made, there is this beautiful design. However, we live in a world today that wants to destroy all difference between men and women. The world wants to say there's no difference between men and women. In fact, the world says anyone who says, in fact, many people, if you're listening, hi Spotify. If you're listening, they will say that someone who's speaking like I'm speaking today is an oppressive person institution proclaiming a tradition that is protecting power. An institution or a person who is resisting social change, an institution or a person who is entrenching patriarchy and protecting or enabling abuse by doing so. That's what our world says. And it is rubbish. It's nothing short of the devil himself. God says, this is very good, me making these two like opposite. And the world says, there's no difference between men and women. And God says, no, there is. And the world says, no, there isn't. Can you hear what I'm talking about? And we just go, oh, we we just listen to whatever the world says. It is nothing short of demonic. Can I be any stronger? Don't be so affected by the world around you. Let the Bible shape you. Better stop preaching. We live in a world that is desperately trying to say, equal means no difference. But it doesn't. Rather, equal speaks of having equal value and importance. Let's just look at Galatians 3.28 quickly. There is neither Jew nor Greek, they're different. Neither slave nor free, they're different. Neither male nor female, they're different. You're all one in Christ. And you might say, ah, there you see. But you haven't read this passage. You see, what this passage says is it's a passage about unity in diversity. It's not a passage saying no difference. It's not a passage saying there's no difference between all these different groups of people that it's naming. It's saying in all these different groups of people, they are equal in value in Jesus Christ. That's the point. This passage has no meaning if there's no difference. The whole point is that there's difference, but they are equal in Jesus Christ. And so this verse cannot mean There is now no difference because the one who wrote it, Paul, speaks different things to these different groups of people in the whole New Testament. So that would make no sense at all. What this is saying is that all these different groups of people have all been united through their common faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, they will receive one inheritance Scripture does not take away the distinction between men and women. Rather, it says that they are equal in Christ Jesus. So what is taught here, actually in Paul's day, was a radical upliftment of women, of slaves, of Gentiles. It's giving them value and saying because they believed in Jesus, but it's not saying there's no difference between them. We wouldn't be able to be a multicultural church if there was no difference. So, what is God's beautiful design for men and women? I'm going to use a word to answer that it's complementarity. What is God's beautiful design for men and women? One word they're complementary, they like opposite. But I'm going to give you a paragraph that we as elders have written. And there's actually a 21-page paper that you're welcome to get if you want to dive deep into this. I can send you the PDF later on, and you can, you can read it for your bedside reading this afternoon before you fall asleep. I would love to send that to you, but I'm just going to show you one paragraph from the paper that your elders have written to understand this properly. Let's just read this paragraph together. Well, I mean, I'll read it, and you listen. <laughs> So this is from your elders. I double-checked with them this morning. We believe that men and women are created equal. Can I hear an amen? amen? Men and women are created equal, distinct, that means they're different, and inextricably, that means you cannot remove them from each other. They are inextricably interdependent. They need each other as we advance God's kingdom together in all of life as like opposite co-image bearers of God. There are two spheres of life where God gives distinct male-female roles in Scripture. Here they are. The family, husband and wife, and the spiritual family, the church. The differentiated roles Do not undermine the equality of men and women. Instead, the difference is God's beautiful design of complementarity. A beautiful difference taught in scripture about family and spiritual family. So we urge all people to embrace God's design of these differentiated roles, thereby receiving God's blessing. Amen.